0: You're listening to the Learn Like a CPA podcast, where we talk about all things real estate, tax strategy, and personal finance. Whether you're a real estate investor looking to scale your portfolio, or you're an individual wanting to take your financial freedom journey to the next level. Welcome back, everyone, to the Learn Like a CPA podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about cracking the tax code, income versus equity or income versus wealth. And the reason why we're talking about this is centered around recent discussions about how the Bezos, Gates, Elon Musk of the world have had huge jumps in their net worth or their wealth without having to pay their fair share of taxes. So today we're going to talk a little bit about just how their net worth continues to rise without them having to foot an income tax bill. Have you heard the saying that Warren Buffett pays less in taxes than his secretary does. It's not that he truly pays less total dollars in taxes, but it's that his effective tax rate, which represents the amount of tax that he pays on each dollar that he earns, is less than her effective tax rate. Right, So he's still paying taxes. Everybody's still paying taxes. It's just that their effective tax rates that they pay on their income is most likely lower than ours if you can imagine that in the in the united states we have an income tax not a wealth or an equity tax which means that we are taxed on income as we earn it but if our wealth or our equity goes up we don't automatically have a taxable event Uh, what everyone listening to this podcast needs to understand is that earned slash active income is always taxed more than equity or wealth Earned income such as a W-2 job, 1099, a side hustle, stock income, dividend income. Earned income is always going to be taxed higher than, say, stock capital gains or real estate appreciation or various types of businesses. As I earn W-2 income, I'm paying taxes each year that I earn it, as opposed to owning stocks or real estate where... As that wealth or my equity increases, I don't have a taxable event until I ultimately liquidate whatever that asset is. Um, If you look at any rich or wealthy person's tax return, they do not have any income coming from the earned or active categories. Instead, all their income is coming from either passive income through real estate or portfolio income, such as stocks, dividends, bonds. And that type of income, passive and portfolio income, is taxed at much lower tax rates compared to ordinary or active income. To dive a little further, let's kind of break down the income tax rates. So for your W-2, your 1099, maybe you have some dividend income. They're all considered ordinary income, and they're taxed up to 37% depending on how much money you make for that particular year, right? So if I'm working a job, maybe I'm salary and I got a side hustle, all that income is considered ordinary and it's it's stacked on top of each other. And the thing about ordinary income, is there's little things that you can do to offset that income, right? You know, if I'm making $50,000 and I wanna pay less in taxes, well, the answer isn't to just make less money, right? Nobody wants to do that. Um, sure you contribute to retirement accounts, HSA accounts. There's a few things that you can do if you're just a W-2 to help offset your tax bill. The other type of tax is capital gains tax. So this is a tax that you pay um, when you sell your stocks or your real estate. And as long as you've held that asset for at least a year, you're taxed at favorable tax rates, either zero, 15 or 20%. Again, As long as you've held the asset for at least a year, you're gonna be taxed at zero, 15 or 20 based on how much money you make that particular year. 90% of Americans are gonna be paying 15% on their long-term capital gains. That's just where the long-term capital gain table uh, matches up. But as you you can tell that, the income that I make from a day job or W-2 is taxed a lot higher than income that's made in the stock market or real estate. So then the name of the game really becomes How quickly can we convert our W-2 income, our 1099 income, income that's earned or active, to passive or portfolio income as soon as possible? Because we understand that the more income we have coming from that side, uh, the passive or portfolio side, the less we're gonna pay in taxes, and this is exactly what the wealthy do. Um, Another thing that the wealthy do that we have discussed previously is that they're able to borrow against their assets. most likely I'm not able to go to my boss and say, Can I get a can I get a loan or can I borrow the future earnings of my W two job? That doesn't happen. But rich and wealthy people are able to borrow against the appreciation of their assets, whether it's their stock portfolio or their real estate portfolio, and they do not have a taxable event. Remember, debt, HELOCs, refinances, those are non-taxable events in, in the eyes of the IRS because your economic position hasn't necessarily changed. So you're able to reap the benefits of that appreciation as that asset goes up in time without triggering a taxable event. So right now we're gonna go through two examples of the difference between income and equity or wealth. So person A in this scenario will be fixing and flipping a property, and person B will be buying and holding a property. So if we look at the whiteboard, we have A and B. Okay. So they're each going to purchase the property for one hundred fifty thousand. So purchase price one hundred fifty thousand. They're going to put fifty thousand dollars in rehab costs, and the fair market value of that property is going to be two hundred. Is going to be three hundred thousand. Okay. So for person A, the person who has income, the fix and flipper, what is he going to do, right? He's going to sell that property. When you sell it, it triggers a taxable event, but also because he's in the business of fixing and flipping, this is going to be at ordinary income tax rates. So he's taxed up to 37% if he makes if he makes that much money for the year. So this guy, you know, on average, he's he's got 300,000 sale Minus his two hundred thousand dollars of all in costs he's got a hundred thousand dollars and He might have a thirty five percent tax bill, right? So he's really going to only walk away with Sixty-five thousand dollars in this example here. Okay, so after he goes through the process of fixing the property uh, flipping it getting it sold he's only gonna walk away with sixty five thousand dollars why because he takes his $100,000 of proceeds and he has to pay taxes on those, okay, because he fixes and flips the property. Again, earned slash active income. On the right, the buy and hold guy, the buy and hold guy is going to get a tenant to stay in the property and refinance the property subsequently after. So the the buy and hold guy is going to go to the bank, get a refinance, pull cash out of their property without triggering a taxable event there's no taxable event here in, pro- in scenario b right for for the guy who is buying and holding but our fix and flipper he has a taxable event because he disposed of his asset so the buy and hold guy he still has his property ownership right he's still maintain control he's getting his cash flow tenant the equity pay down All without triggering a taxable event no taxable event and as that property continues to appreciate in value he's able to again borrow more money against that appreciating asset all without triggering a taxable event so this is the difference between earned income slash active income our fix and flip guy versus our Buy and hold our passive income portfolio type of income with our buy and hold investor, right? Because our buy and hold investor does not trigger a taxable event. He's able to hold on to his property, borrow against it in the future, all without having to pay taxes. Both individuals saw their wealth increase. However, B was able to not incur a taxable event, but person A did. So, some of the other examples of non taxable events typically selling a property that you live in as your primary residence, at least two out of the last five years. So this is known as the section 121 exclusion and it favors homeowners who stay in their property for an extended period of time. And the government does this because they want to incentivize people uh, to to make a homestead. So if you live in your property for two out of the last five years, if you're single, you're able to exclude up to $250,000 of the gain. Or if you're married, you're able to exclude up to $500,000 of the gain. So you know, let's say I buy a property for uh, $100,000, and I'm single, and now the property's worth $300,000, I have a $200,000 gain. As long as I live in that property for two out of the last five years, I'm able to exclude up to $250,000 of gain. So I can walk away from that sale completely tax-free. And no, you do not have to invest the proceeds into another primary residence. That rule was done away with in the early 2000s. We talked about another example of of a non-taxable event being a loan, right? a refinance, a HELOC, uh, a loan. A loan is a non-taxable event. Inheritance. If you receive inheritance for, let's say, a a rental property or cash, whatever you receive is going to be non-taxable to you except if it's from a traditional IRA or traditional 401k. If you inherit a traditional IRA or 401k, you're going to have to pay uh, income tax on that IRA or 401k. But normal inheritances, let's say I receive cash or a rental property or even stocks, I'm not going to have a tax bill. Uh, If you receive a gift from a family member or a friend, uh, receiving gifts is a non-taxable event. Uh, we could potentially 1031 exchange rental real estate. Uh, That is a non-taxable event in the current time, and that 1031 exchange kicks the can down the road, right? So a key takeaway from today is that wealth slash equity are taxed more favorable or not at all, as opposed to tax on income through ordinary wages, whether it's W-2 or 1099. And I encourage everyone uh, listening to this to start stacking up that wealth uh, by using your ordinary income, putting your money in those passive income or those portfolio buckets so that way you're able to reap those tax benefits, uh, those lower tax rates, and, and effectively bring down your tax rate over time. The more assets, the more money that you dump into that passive or portfolio bucket, the less you're going to pay in taxes over time and the more wealth you're going to build. That's going to be it for today, guys. Uh, we covered... Some of the types of things that rich and wealthy people use to build their net worth without having to incur a tax bill. Uh, We talked a little bit about the difference between income and equity as it pertains to fix and flippers compared to buy and hold investors. We talked about what types of events are also non-taxable. I will be hosting my first boot camp this fall that's centered around short-term rental tax. If you want information about it, as well as early bird pricing, check out the link in the show notes. And if you like this show, be sure to give me a review on Spotify and Apple. And if you have any questions you'd like me to answer on the show, let me know on my Instagram or Twitter at LearnLikeACPA. Thanks for tuning in today, and I'll see you in the next episode.